G'day there. This is the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast with your host and fellow battler, Mike Holt. The Bloody Aussie Battler brings you news and commentary on the political shenanigans in Canberra and around Australia. So grab a beer and fire up the barbie. We're about to roast some politicians and expose their nefarious activities. This episode is brought to you by Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on Merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today. G'day again. Discussion about religion and politics has been carefully demonised in the West. So much so that most people today either roll their eyes or refuse to answer any time someone brings up either topic. But the fact is, we need to discuss these subjects even more today because they are both dictating how we live our lives in ways that we find increasingly burdensome. We need to be fully informed about the history of religion and politics, and how that history is reflected in today's reality. Unless we recognise the past and learn from it, we cannot possibly understand what is really going on in our world these days. There has been much discussion lately here in Australia about bringing back government by the Commonwealth of Australia Constitution Act. And coupled with this are calls to reinstate the Magna Carta, It became an especially important issue in the 2019 election, even though only an apparently small segment of the population heard about these ideas. I believe that if a majority of people knew what the election was really about, they would never have voted for the same old criminals to run our country into the ground. Now, the fact that Senator Rod Cullerton fired the first real shot in this debate when he questioned Attorney-General George Brandis in the Senate about the validity of the courts, suddenly galvanised many Australians into realising that we are no longer a Commonwealth of Australia. Instead, the political parties have steered the ship of state in the direction they wanted us to move, towards becoming a socialist republic. And they've almost succeeded. The political parties have repudiated the true constitution of the people of the Commonwealth. Instead, they have written their own constitution and taken out the preamble that establishes the people as the Commonwealth Government of Australia. They have created a corporate dictatorship with their business registered in the USA. As a result, they have changed laws without the permission of the people of the Commonwealth voting in a referendum. Their most iniquitous deeds include bringing in the Australia Act to try and separate us from the Crown, even though Australia became a self-governing colony still subject to the British Crown in 1901. Wayne Goss and Kevin Rudd then paved the way for all state governments to ignore the wishes of the people voting in referendums by enacting the Reprints Act. This Act has enabled state governments to incorporate local councils and call them local government against the wishes of we the people. 
they have got away with this because government has also denied us any education about the protections given to us under the Constitution and common law. But how did we get into this dangerous situation? Well, because schools do not teach us anything about the protections given to us under the Constitution and common law, how can we know if the government is lying to us when they pass their own laws instead? As a result of the treasonous actions by those we elected, thinking they were there to represent us, governments, both state and federal, have enacted many laws just to control us. They have created a state of fear. By bringing in laws, they say, are designed to protect us. But in reality, these laws are only designed to give them power over us that they enforce with fear of increasing fines or even imprisonment. Anyone who dares question their authority is hounded and punished as much as possible, even to the point of having homes, cars and anything else of worth stolen in the name of repaying the debt owed to the state. They use financial ruin as a tool to control us, to instill fear into us so that we bow meekly down and do their bidding. The banks are part of this. They have already ruined many lives, especially farmers who have fallen victim to their unlawful activities. Too many of them have taken their own lives because they could no longer bear the fear and shame brought on them by the banks. And this fear is how governments have controlled the population and forced us into submission. You only have to talk to people in the street anywhere, and they will tell you how they hate the way things are run these days. But when you ask them to stand up and fight back, they reply they can't, because they fear losing their jobs, their homes, their families. Many are even afraid of being laughed at for standing up for their rights. Who are they afraid of? Why, it's the very people we keep on electing to rule over us. The same people who impose even more fear with more laws, more restrictions on our liberty, more destruction of our way of life that we have once enjoyed as a free people. Governments have destroyed our once vibrant manufacturing industries, our ability to feed ourselves, and they have stolen our state-owned assets such as water, electricity and transport. All these state-owned assets were once owned by the people. Now they've been sold off to private corporations and we are forced to pay outrageous prices for services that should be free and are often inferior to what we had before. The sad thing is that most young people today don't even know what they are missing. They think this state of affairs, of fear of the government, is normal. How sad. And yet, if you try to tell them that this is part of the United Nations Agenda 21 project to bring in a one-world government, they look at you as if you're crazy. They have swallowed the blue pill because they don't even know there is a red pill. Schools teach a sanitised version of history that helps enforce the new reality of the government dictatorship. Nor do they teach anything about the rights and freedoms that have been bequeathed to us by our forefathers who fought so hard for them. Ask most young people today if they have ever heard of the Magna Carta or the Bill of Rights, and they won't have any idea what you're talking about. In fact, even most adults today are unaware that we still have a Bill of Rights. It's called the English Bill of Rights 1688. 
You can download it from the cirnow.com.au website under Learn Our Rights. And when you read through it, you would swear that they are talking about the same situation we face today. The list of grievances the Bill of Rights was brought into law to solve include number 1. Assuming and exercising power without consent of Parliament. In other words, without the consent of the people, because ultimately we, the people of the Commonwealth, are the government. 2. Levying money under false pretenses. In other words, creating false reasons to fine people, another way of taxing the people without our consent. 3. By raising an army to go to war without the consent of the people. Why were our young men and women sent to war in Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan and numerous other wars without asking the people first? What fight did we ever have with any of those nations? 4. Violating elections. The recent sacking of Senator Rod Cullerton under false pretenses is just one example. And why was he sacked? Because he dared challenge Parliament and ask why the judiciary are acting outside our Constitution. There are numerous other examples of people who have been wrongly jailed, like Pauline Hanson and others. 5. Illegal prosecutions. How many people have been jailed under false charges or bankrupted by illegal and corrupt means? 6. Juries. Our Constitution and common law guarantee us the right to a trial before a jury of our peers. Yet these days we are tried and convicted of crimes these governments have created without our consent. Crimes like speeding, refusing to pay their unlawful tax on our land, the tax that they call rates, the crime of parking in the wrong place or for too long. The list is long and growing longer every day. And seven, fines. After they have convicted us without trial, they impose fines that cause severe hardship for most people who are only just getting by. If we refuse to pay the penalties they impose, we face loss of our income when they take away our driver's license or they confiscate our houses, our cars and anything else of value, all without any recourse for justice in a court of law. Yet the Bill of Rights 1688 was designed to stop all of these depredations on our rights and freedoms and many other crimes against us by those who are supposed to be there to protect and nurture us. Instead, we are ruled over by criminal politicians, the police, the local councils, the toll companies, and dozens of other organisations using threats and intimidation to strong-arm us into submission. If only we knew about these protections under the Magna Carta, the English Bill of Rights, and the true laws we are meant to be governed by, we would have stood up against the dictators and put a stop to it. Or would we? Fear and ignorance are the best weapons the criminals and traitors have to wield against us. And it is said that a coward dies a thousand deaths, but a brave man only dies once. We can regain our bravery and stop fearing those who are doing us harm by learning what our rights, freedoms and laws are. Armed with that knowledge, we can all stand up to the dictatorship and say, enough is enough. So the question is, are you going to continue living in fear or are you going to learn what your rights are and stand up for them? Before you answer that question, 
Think about the future you want to leave for your children and their children down through the ages. We're only here for a short period of time, but our legacy will live on forever. It's up to us to make sure the legacy we leave behind is something we can all be proud of, just like our forefathers. To learn more about the crimes committed by the political parties against us, visit our website at cirnow.com.au. By now, you probably know that I'm also a musician. And I had the pleasure of playing with a mate of mine, Girard, recently, a song that he wrote. It's called Mississippi, and I play the violin and do the vocals while he plays the guitar. I hope you enjoy it. Mississippi I met a man Scratched out living Playing some blues Haunted the swamps and bayous Whittled beach into Jesus statues But from where I stood I could see He was just another pilgrim Killing time Waiting for redemption He didn't know it was a crime to stop on the road to Mississippi Where dreams are buried and forgotten And nothing you're ever taught in school applies Where you learn to live with lies Now God's in his attic looking for a sense of humor I'm fighting the static Hoping it's just a rumor On the road to Mississippi My heart stopped, my head hurt My feet got cold, my nerves were torn On the road Where I could have sworn I saw the ghosts of Johnson Buckley, Bessie Mark Twain and Bram Edgar Evers I started praying On that road I met a girl Sweet young thing On the road to Mississippi been high on something
You have been listening to the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast. 